Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, you know, splitting you and Matt tonight was, was sort of a message to sort of get you guys uh, going and, and what was your reaction to that and then to have a game like this, how satisfying was it? Then, yeah, I definitely think it was, uh, you know, a little bit of a signal. Um, you know, I think both of us went out there and tried to play our game, uh, play the best we could, and it just so happened to be that both of us ended up, you know, getting some points together. So it, it worked out. Wait, what? what, 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 what sorry. Okay, so Kaprizov's got the interpreter. Yeah. And the, they had the interpreter on speakerphone? Correct. Up to the microphone? Correct. Is the interpreter working remotely? Apparently, he was not on site. He wasn't there. He was not on site. Yeah, why, he, why don't they just have an interpreter on staff question. for one of the most star players in the NHL? Genius question, yeah. Why are you guys... Is that, that's, that's where the budget why cuts are. are. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. we draw the line for budget cuts. We, we got a double flag. <laughs> Sorry. Why are you guys belaboring the bad? Wave the flag. Wave the flag. The damn flag. There it is. I'm sorry. I just, I, I've got questions about this. Why? I mean, the twins had a full-time interpreter for Siyoshi Nishioka that wound up spending half his time in Rochester. <laughs> but no? you tell me the why. Okay. That dude's getting paid $9 million a year. We can't, we can't shave off 50 grand for an interpreter and some per diem for food. Nobody knows. Nobody knows, but they've never had a full-time. <laughs> they have not had an interpreter for two years now, like, on staff. And, and the dude will show up, I think, after practices, like, once a month to, hey, Kirill's going to talk after practice. But uh, for the most part, after games, we don't hear from Kirill, and uh, it's very bizarre. He was, he was also very – your point. He was very obviously just, like, making up his own answer because he was, he was speaking while Kirill was speaking – there's no way that he would be able to hear Kirill while he's speaking through speakerphone. So I think he was just like making up his own. I thought answers. when we were, I thought when we were there though that he was waiting, right, Dex? Like, like the guy. Yeah, yeah. He I was, thought the guy wait. So they edited it in. Yes. So but, that video clip, they they like spliced okay. it together with him because otherwise it would have just been Kirill. Oh, you know, <laughs> muted like this. So actually. Kudos okay, to the video editing on the Minnesota Wild Department for it. putting that okay. part on. The video editing! Oh, 
uh, for the audio audience, that's Judd just waving a wild flag. That's state the, of hockey. The background right from there. From the 2003 playoff run. Well, well oh worn, God. by the way. A lot of coffee so, I need the bear claw. Do you have the bear claw? Uh, it's it's probably in the studio, right? In the main yeah, studio? I think, I think it, it probably is. Bear claw? Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. behind. Uh, it's on top of the uh, Carlos okay. Gomez huge life. Oh, yeah. I'm life, looking at it. Okay. I can see it. Life-size cut yeah, out. It weighs life-size. 200 pounds. I got cut it. out. Um, so this is a Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, therapy, loathing, celebration. And if you want to get your questions in or your critiques, your comments about whatever you want, you can always send us feedback through the Score North app. It's free to download. It's a central hub for everything we do. And there's a feedback tab at the bottom. So all kinds of stuff to get to here, boys, and Judd's keys to a Vikings victory later in the show, Vikings Packers week. But let's uh, let's start with this one from Josh Johansson via the Score North app, and he sent this before last night's wild game. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still a question we can flesh out here. Should we be worried that Kaprizov will end up being a one-year wonder? Don't get me wrong; I'm drinking the wild Kool Aid. But knowing Minnesota sports, I could see Kaprizov being a bust and going on to have an average career in the KHL after his stint with the Wild. Um, hopefully, people feel a little bit better about. Kaprizov after after that game last night, but um, where are you guys at with this? You know, there's always a little bit of a risk when you pay a guy after one big mm-hmm. season, which they really had no choice. So, what is the what is the percentage chance that he just doesn't pan out as a star player? It's extremely low. He's going to pan out now. Now, I the question is not is he going to be a really good player. The question is how good. Like, is he going to be a superstar, upper echelon, top five to eight? Is he going to be a top twenty guy? Um, but I am not concerned that he is going to that he's going to uh, be a bust and in two years be back in the KHL. I'm not concerned one bit about that. Um, he's young. He is clearly like, we, we don't know a lot about him because he doesn't speak English. So it's hard to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I got a good feel for him. But Dex, as far as the talent goes, yep. like, like when he turns it on, he does things that are special. Um, a guy like Parisi who, it, who in his prime was a really solid, good player. Um, you never watched him and are like, oh my God, I can't believe he did that. Krill has that. So yeah, I have no doubt that with proper coaching, proper team, Kirill Kaprizov can be a star player. The question is, can he be a superstar and how good? Right. Is he is he going to be Alexander Ovechkin? I mean, that's a that's that's like probably the highest bar, uh, obviously, for him to be. And I would I would say maybe the floor of him is he Vladimir Tarasenko on the St. Louis Blues. So Tarasenko came in. He took a little bit to get going, but put about four year four or five year run there with St. Louis, where he was scoring regularly thirty goals. But he had a tendency also to take some nights off. Um, and I think, Kirill, if you've watched Minnesota Wild Hockey over the last 20 years, and there's been some good players but not superstar players, no one has looked this good since Marion Gabrick. Um, I'm a big Kevin Fiala stan, and I like what Fiala brings, and there's noticeable things that he does. It's not even close to what Kirill can bring on his, on his 100th percentile night. So I don't envision him being a bust at all. Um, you have five years here to make hay with him. I know a lot of fans wanted to lock him up to those eight years. Uh, but at the same time, if you don't win a cup in these next five years, like what, what's what's the point? So you you have to make this run now, and I think Kirill uh, will not have a sophomore slump, not at all. Yeah, uh, the hockey whisperer agrees. The hockey. So I, I would even throw Zach Parisi out there. Different players, I get it. Different level of skill, right? But I almost feel like the floor is a Zach Parisi caliber player. Where like Parisi was never a top five player in the league. At his best with the Devils, he might have been flirting with like top. 10, 15-ish, 
Because I mean, he had, didn't he have a forty goal season with yeah. the Devils at one point? Just yeah, he was yeah. a really good, he was really hard working player. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think the worst case scenario for Kaprizov is uh, he's only like the 18th best player in the NHL, but I think you would still you'd and still we also take that need for five years. We also and this is true of all of our sports. Um, we also need to come to grips with the fact that once in a, a while we might get a superstar player. We might actually get one. Like <laughs> no, we're it's, afraid it's crazy of crazy to think, right? Yeah. But I mean, but it scares us. Like, we're like, something's going to go wrong. Because then they're going to leave. Well, they're going to leave or they're going to get hurt or, or like, we so badly want one that we don't know how to process it. And this guy might be one. Like, I'm not guaranteeing it, but he might be one. And, and look, they're few and far between. But we need to be, we stop, we have to stop being afraid of potential successes. Speaking of. Last night at Target Center. Oh, wait, hold on. Wave double flag. Wave the flag. It's a two-flag Friday. Two-flag Friday. Two-flag Friday. Yes. Yes. Great guy. Look at that. It's on the other end of the stick. 1-15. Things got a little dicey when the Wolves jumped out to a 20-point lead and then thought that they were good. And uh, at one point, I think San Antonio got it down to 4 Look at that dude, Jeff Munich. He comes through Munich-y. in the clutch, big time man. He hooked up my nephew with a custom-made jersey for his third birthday, and he wears it all the all the all the damn time. All around good guy. And now my He's other nephews just want Munich-y jerseys. Man. So Jeff Munich, if you want guy. like more wolves jerseys, hit me up, please. <laughs> I don't think he can. I don't think he can give yeah. everyone a free thing, but you can definitely try. Yeah. Get him up. So um, last night, I'll, I'll, here's a here's a feedback Friday. We'll we'll use this as kind of a jumping off point. Um, Jesse Hunt on Twitter. Towns' low field goal attempts have been a chronic issue for years. He sometimes even refuses to take control. He's one of the most offensively skilled and efficient players of all time, which sounds crazy. It's not. I'm not saying that he's alpha Michael Jordan or anything, but in terms of like just efficiency and what he can do as a seven footer, and he shoots like forty five percent from three. That's correct. Uh, but he's but he, him consistently applying himself is an area of opportunity. Jesse says, and he said this, I think, toward the end of last night's game. So uh, the bad news was, once again, Towns did not lead the Wolves in field goal attempts last night. That would be 6-for-19 D'Angelo Russell just chucking last night. Uh, But it didn't really derail the Wolves. They won by 25 points. Towns had 25 points on 16 shots, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. He also had a block and only two turnovers. I thought last night was one of the most complete games he's played all season. And by the way, Anthony Edwards, you know, kind of a kind of a meh night in terms of just the box score. Only scored 13 points, uh, only took 11 shots. But I love the fact, and this is where all the people that said Anthony Edwards is basically just Andrew Wiggins. Why would you want a guy that's not interested in basketball that's a volume shooter? <laughs> Look at what he did last night just off of the shot attempts, off of the ball, right? He's grabbing rebounds. He's, grab, he's dishing assists. Two steals, two blocks. Uh, great defense, at least with the eye test. I mean, he's active. And last night, I know it's the Spurs and they're rebuilding and they're just like probably playing for a high draft pick. But um, that, like the last three games, the the first forty seven, the first forty five minutes of the Suns game, and then the last two nights here, the back to backs. This is the team that I think people expected. Three point shots coming off the bench. 
and Malik Beasley yep. and Jaden McDaniels and uh, even Tor- yeah. Torian Prince finally hitting threes last night really for the first time all year. So like I could I could use a few a few less D'Angelo Russell chucks, but that last night was what you want the Wolves to look like on a regular basis. So bravo. Yeah. And let's go back to Ants Week too, because Ants Week actually impresses me. Uh, the Suns game, he couldn't get shots to fall, and it was far from a perfect game. So I'm not saying he played great, but look at the box score. He did a lot of things. Like, he did a lot of things on the night, a lot of guys who are ant checkout, right? It's like, I can't hit a shot. I'm going to keep chucking some, and that's pretty much my night. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he, he might have had a career high in rebounds. He dished out some assists. Like, that box score is really an impressive display for a young guy who who loves to shoot of my shot's not going. What else can I do? I'm not going to just say, well, too bad. I stink. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he came back with a significant game on Wednesday. And I, I just I think this week is in is a really good sign of probably the maturation and, and where Ant is tracking. Um, but if you just look, look at the at the uh, point total, it's like, OK, it's OK, but it's not great. Right, but is he doing other things in the games in which he is in which his shot does not fall? And the answer this week was yes. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, really like that. That's huge to me. In the last four seasons, Andrew Wiggins has grabbed ten rebounds in a game nine times. Yeah, Ant's done it three times already in the first month of this season. And again, that's not like the barometer. And Wiggins is thriving now in a just sort of a complimentary role in Golden State, and he's found the places he should be shooting from. It only took seven years, but. I, I just I love when when you're having off shooting night. I love how much he can still impact the game, offensively, defensively, et cetera. So maybe the wolves are finding a little something here. Maybe that maybe the wolves are discovering. Oh, hold on, oh, wait. They're hold winning on, ways. There it is. Fire it up. Say. Yeah, yeah. Both flags together. Yeah, <laughs> it's a two. It's a two. It's a two flag Friday. Friday. Enlarge the screen, I'll... Oh, sorry. There you go. go. I got it. I got it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Woo, which one? There's so many winners in Minnesota. So many winners. Dude, it's a two-flag Friday. Yep, that's right. Two-flag Friday right here on Score North. Coming up next. Uh, Wild, I believe, still second in their division after mm-hmm. that win last night. Or no, they they're come, tied. They, they no, tied they're, for they're, first now? They're tied for first in points, and I believe that they win. Yes, I will say this. In November, the tiebreaker, they're in first place. you damn right. And they're then uh, after last night, the Wolves are a half game back of the 10 seed of the play-in. We're coming. Let's there it is. There it is. Let's get it. Return to glory. <laughs> Return to glory with Mark Laurie. <laughs> yes. 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 I love it. All right. Yeah. Feedback Friday continues here. Uh, Edward Hirschberger via the Score North app. It's a valid question here. We, we get asked this question. We might as well answer it here. When are you guys going to return to live local programming? All we are left with is the 20-year-old shtick down the radio dial. It's unlistenable. Oh. Um, good news is you don't have to listen to the 20-year-old. It's actually like a 30-year-old shtick. Hmm. 20, 20 years with a similar schedule. Um. So we don't it's I think we, we could dive into this for for a second. We don't do any live radio anymore. You know, when Score North first launched almost three years ago, we were doing like six or eight hours of live radio. We were 
you know, we were trying to build a digital network while also sort of preserving our live radio schedule. And then when our staff, I mean, this, you're literally, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on podcasts, this is our staff at Score North. We do have some, it's the three of us. It's Judd, it's me, it's Declan. And then we have a few part-timers too who help us. You know, we've, uh, Jason Stormer is, is an overnight producer at Hubbard. He helps with some clips. We've got some awesome part-time producers that help with, you know, running play-by-play on the weekends on the radio side. You know, Artist Woods, A.J. Fredrickson, uh, Manny Hill. But this is the staff at Score North, and so we can't, we can't produce six to eight hours of live radio anymore. And for us, it just makes more sense. And, like, we're, we're just reacting to the audience. You guys are responding to us via podcast and YouTube and social media, and so that's the sort of the beast that we are feeding, and that's where the growth has come for Score North in the last, I don't know, year and a half or so. So we've we've kind of blasted off in the last year and a half as an on-demand company, and mm-hmm. we go live for peak moments of interest. Like you guys were live after the Wild game last night yep. on uh, Score North social media, not live on the radio, but on Score North social media, Score North YouTube channel, and we go live for Ventline after Vikings game. So we've we've kind of said it, it makes more sense for us to be ninety percent on demand, so that you guys can consume us however and whenever you want. And then when there's peak moments of interest, post game Vikings or big big moments, so drafts or whatever, big games that then we'll go live on the the digital platform. So, oh, hopefully that answers the question. Judd, do you miss doing a four-hour live radio so, show? No, <laughs> on, not one on, bit. Ju- on just AM radio with no, no other no, way I don't to miss people? No, I don't, I don't miss it. I don't miss a four-hour show. I don't. I, you it's know, hard. I, it, is, it is hard. It's certainly a lot of reps. Well, we're, we were doing 16 segments a day. Yep. And, you know, we would have maybe three guests, and we would have some built-in daily benchmarks and stuff that we could kind of lean on, but... I don't know. When you're doing 16 segments a day, it's really hard to just throw your fastball for all four hours, five days a week. Well, you got to mix it up, 52 though. weeks out of the year. Come on. you got to mix it up. <laughs> Off-speed stuff. Your arm right. gets tired. You have Tommy John. Yeah. You come back as a slap baller. <laughs> the first, well, you were doing four hours for like a year before because I was doing three with yeah, Royce. Dubay, Dubay and I, I think, I think they went to four hours uh, when Dubay was with me. Yes. Originally. So you had a little bit of a like a head start on the innings load. And I remember the first. Yeah, I broke broke down. <laughs> well, so to that point, the first ever Mackie and Judd show, which was now almost eight years ago after the Super Bowl, because mm-hmm. it was 2014, mm-hmm. and um, we put a lot of we you know, we kind of prepped out like what do we wanted for like two weeks. We were kind of prepping for what do we want the show to look and feel like. And on that Monday, I got done with the first. That was the first time I had done like the four hour show that we were going to do. And I went home and took like a three hour nap. Woke up and I was like, holy crap, this is life. Got to do it for tomorrow yeah. <laughs> and the next day. And, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, now you guys, you guys are still producing like the three of us are doing a, about two hours of on demand stuff every day. And then you guys mm-hmm. are doing an additional yeah. hour plus, you know, Judd's hockey show and some of the bonus uh, Purple Daily episodes. So we're still producing. You guys anyways are still producing like three hours of mm-hmm. podcast and video content plus other video stuff. Um, but we're just doing it in a different way. We're just we're doing it on demand, and we're doing it across different shows. So um, you can so, still find us on AM fifteen hundred yeah. from five to six, but we're not doing live radio right now. Sorry, I cut you off, Judd. Oh no, I was just go- going to say I-, I think the best thing is you know if you like to podcast stuff, you should podcast us, and that's the best way 
to get us because I don't think we'll be going back to a full time AM gig anytime soon. Yeah, no. and I was gonna I was gonna explain like here's how you can podcast us, but I'm guessing most of you have already figured it out if you're yeah. listening to this. Yeah, right. we're probably being. Yep. But scorenorth.com is a great place to always find everything we do across the board: podcasts, videos, uh, Judd's written work, etc. So. Uh, so, Edward, your question is not uh, on an island. A lot of other people are, have wondered the same thing, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, you can find our on-demand stuff in a way that replaces the twenty-year-old shtick down the dial, as you as you put it. Um, Ken Tomlin via the Scornorth app says, "Question for my favorite Vikings podcast, based on comments from Jefferson and Thielen this past week, and reading between the lines, like Sports Dad has been teaching us to do." Are there frust- are the frustrations centered on Cousins more than Zimmer and by extension Kubiak's offensive philosophy? I encourage you guys to find the press conferences of Jefferson and Thielen. Re-listen to them. I believe they're more upset with Cousins' lack of aggressiveness. This is not to absolve Zimmer. I'll stick by my belief that no team with Zim as their head coach can win a Super Bowl, but I believe the narrative that we've all assumed about Diggs and this year with Thielen and Jefferson might need to be re-examined towards Kirk. Okay, so this is actually it's a really good point because I completely understand his his point, but here's where it gets to be really like a um, a, a, a sleuth situation of what's being said here. Yes, they're frustrated with Kirk's lack of aggressiveness, and so is Diggs. They also know, though, that because of how Kirk is wired, which is not exactly a top-notch athlete, um, and I mean wired brain-wise, I don't mean I don't mean body-wise because he's got the he's got the arm um, that he needs to be empowered. And so the real problem lies with their frustration with the coaching staff that that doesn't empower Kirk. And then they did against the Chargers, and you saw like that. This whole notion of Zim called Kirk in and said, throw the ball more, take some chances. And Kirk's like, okay, that's great. Like this, this is, I'm not trying to be a complete jackass when I say Mike Zimmer is telling fairy tales at the podium. Like he's making up what he wants you to believe. And, and to the, to that question, it does make it sound like, oh yeah, Kirk's not, Kirk's not being aggressive. It's all Kirk's fault. It's a, it's a constant pass the buck. But if you really examine it, it starts with, and this goes back to Diggs too. It's, I'm not saying any of these guys have huge respect for Kirk. So don't hear me wrong. I don't think they love him, but they know that it starts with coaching. And so that's where I totally get the question. I, I, I applaud it. I like you trying to sleuth here, but it goes so deep into the weeds. And the fact that the fact that the Chargers game to me is the biggest. Now the game was fun. But it's the biggest indictment. It's the indictment of, oh, so this is what happens when the gloves come off and you actually tell Kirk, you know, in Kirk's ear, Kirk, here's what we're doing here. Yeah. So that that's why um, I'm not absolving Kirk Cousins, but I am saying that this starts with coaching. And then if I, I think I agree, everyone kind of knows that, hey, Kirk is just sort of I, I just work here guy and he needs to be given the green light to do certain things and. I think his natural instinct is to avoid making a mistake, right? He's trying to avoid making a mistake because he just he's very much a particular structured perfectionist type, yep, personality. No question. You know, he would he would he'd be investing uh, you know, 70% bonds in his 401k like that like just let's slow and stay easy, yeah. no risk, right? Yeah. 
Um, and it's kind of an indictment that that the direction has to come through the coaches to get the quarterback to find Justin Jefferson more often. Yep. That conversation doesn't happen with the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That Well, Russell Wilson needs permission to find DK Metcalf more. What? No, just just go find him. He's your top wide receiver. But the but Jefferson and Thielen, especially Thielen, who's been around longer, you know, he knows that all right to get the right buttons pushed. Then okay, we got to make sure Zimmer is driving this and Kubiak. So I think that makes sense. Uh, Brady Bogenreef via the Score North app says, "I think Kirk Cousins doesn't take shots because he is more concerned with his own stats instead of being concerned with winning games. Statistically, he's often mentioned with some of the best quarterbacks, and I think he plays selfishly." So he doesn't mess that up for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but I will say that all these stats that you can find, and you every single day you're going to see something on Twitter or something that says Kirk Cousins is ranked with these great quarterbacks in this statistical category. Yes, and almost all of the other quarterbacks that he's ranked with in completion percentage all time, or passer rating, or you know whatever other stats come out. The Brady's and the Breeze and the Rogers and the Mannings, et cetera, right? Yeah. Those guys' teams all have ridiculously good winning records. Cousins is five hundred in his like his teams are five hundred. So they're all putting up the same stats. But these guys over here, all of them, are like seventy games over five hundred, a hundred games over five hundred in their careers. Mm-hmm. Is it just that those guys all got super lucky and they have amazing offensive lines and better coaches? And, like, you know, there's probably some of that. But I've always thought that there was something to Kirk's game that led to great stats but not team success, whether it's his leadership, which we've seen. There's definitely some holes in his leadership that now we've seen publicly this year. Um, there's also the, the average depth of target for Kirk this season is, like, third from the bottom of the league. It's a lot, His completion percentage is high, which helps your passer rating be higher. But it's like, you know, six yards average depth of target. Lamar Jackson is 10 yards average depth of target. So, yeah, I think he leans toward, let's just make sure. I don't think it's because he wants to pad his stats. I think it's just, I don't want to, I don't want to throw an interception that's going to derail the team. And it's like, well, you're good enough to still throw the ball down the field and not throw picks. What do you guys think? I think Kirk very much needs to be told what to do. Uh, Kirk is, so, so the stats thing makes sense because it does come off that, that way, I think at times for sure um you know the garbage time success drives you crazy because it's like well these mean nothing Mm -hmm. but i i think it's deeper than that with kirk i think when you look at when you look at how kirk leads his life and talks about things outside of football um i think his play at times is a reflection of who he, he is which is again why he needs to be right or wrong and it's probably wrong but he needs to be empowered and he needs to be coddled and he needs to be i mean Kyle Shanahan loved him in part because he had the physical abilities and when and he could take instruction. And when you said, Kirk, here is what I want you to do. I mean, Kirk, Kirk, as far as mentally, um, again, on and off the field, he's the corporate quarterback and he mm-hmm. plays the role. That's that's his role. He happens to have the physical gifts to be good, but you can't he you literally have to wind him up to get that. Like you can't just be like, oh, Kirk, you go play. Um, the man cooks meat that has no texture to it. Like he is, he, 
in some ways. That was one Instagram this, photo, okay? This goes so, but but this goes so much deeper about who Kirk is as a person, I think, than, oh, he's trying to just pad his stats. Um, but you know what? I think if you embraced it and you got the most from it, I'd be curious to see. I'd be curious to see the complete picture. Yeah. Uh, Brady Bombersbach via the Score North app says, why haven't we heard anything about Kellen Mond? Will we draft a quarterback? This because oh, so just for some, uh, some context here, Spielman has been seen scouting some of the college quarterbacks in this year's draft class, which, I mean, teams do that. Uh, will we draft a quarterback this year with Spielman scouting all these college guys? If so, it seems like a huge waste of a pick, Kellen Mond, that is. So why don't you think we've heard anything about Kellen Mond? There's been no reporting on him. He's not active on game. He's days. He's not active on game days, and I don't. And and because the, the availability to practice at this time of year is basically stretching in individual drills, and I'm sure he's at all those drills. But you don't like see him throwing passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I honestly think that. Well, I think you could probably raise a little bit of a red flag about the fact that he can't be active. I personally have not. It, uh, to me, it's not that big a deal. Uh, but I think that, that this was the intention. And and before we complain too much, remember, because we've had this discussion before on this show, uh, there is something to be said for taking shots at quarterbacks, accumulating them, and then allowing it to play out. So mine's a third-round pick. Quarter, now, now, when we're talking about Wyatt Davis, a third-round pick who's a guard, I'm like, that's weird. Like, this guy I thought was going to play, and he's not playing, and and you clearly don't like him. I feel differently about quarterbacks because it's such a potentially unique position. And a lot of times, if you're like, we're going to hurry this guy, it actually hurts him. Mm-hmm. So the Mon thing, the, the Mon thing among the many things that really bother me about the 2021 Vikings, Phil, the Mon thing is not high on my list. I, I almost agree with allow it to play out. And my mm-hmm. only concern is this, who in that building is teaching him? Because I have no quarterback faith. And think about this. They've had to do so much. They've already done like a an emergency week of self-scouting. They've had right. to figure out how do we get the ball to Justin Jefferson more with our current franchise quarterback that makes $35 million. All the bandwidth that they're putting into the current offense and trying to fix it midseason on the fly. Do they really have enough attention span and bandwidth to develop Kellen Mond in the right way? You know, it's not to say that you know, who's the best, like the Rams. I'm trying to think of some of the best offenses. They're going to be focused on their number one quarterback and their number one offense. But I just feel like the Vikings in particular, with a 34-year-old first-time play caller and offensive coordinator, there's probably not as much time being spent developing Mond as there would be in other situations. Good point. So um, Brian Hoganson on Twitter, he asks this. If the Twins trade Byron Buxton, What's the point of following the Twins anymore? Declan? It's a good one. <laughs> um, I, I have been very sour on the Twins for the, for the majority of the last, uh, last season because it's just been such a disappointment giving their expectations, right? If they trade Buxton, um, that, that is, I wouldn't say it's a PR nightmare because I think there's a lot of fans who do feel the way that I do, that Phil has uh, over this ball club over the last year. But if they trade Byron Buxton, I mean that that's the writing on the wall. This team's not going to be relevant for probably three to five years. Best case scenario. Yep. Best case scenario is some of these pitchers develop. Joe Ryan and Billy Ober hit. Maybe you find a nice free agent or trade, and then that bumps you up to maybe maybe being a competitive five hundred ball club. But I think that's that's your best case scenario going into twenty twenty two. If they trade Byron Buxton, 
I, I think that that says everything that this is going to be a, a long, long rebuild for the Twins. Dude, it is. I'm still trying to wrap my head around two years ago. The Twins had the the best power hitting team in baseball history. They had the they had the best home run hitting team in baseball history, and you know, Nelson Cruz was old, but that was pre Josh Donaldson signing, right? They all those guys were basically in their prime or emerging into their prime, right? It was Buxton, it was Sano, these cornerstone players, Kepler that were supposed to carry your franchise, Jorge Polanco. I could keep going here. And and of course Trevor Larnick on the way and Alex Kirloff on the way and it's like and those guys are like Kirloff I think is going to be a really good player for the Twins so I'm not saying that they're completely barren but how do you go from where they were two years ago making the playoffs again in 2020 and now Brios is gone Nelson Cruz is 40 and if even if he resigns he's he's not going to resign but like he's gone and you're and you might trade Buxton. You are literally walking into a five year rebuild. Yeah. If you trade Buxton, shut it down for the next four to five years. <laughs> Unless you can go find like three or four starting pitchers in free agency or via trade or guys that are gonna just like pop up from the minor league system. So dude, I to answer your question, Brian, if the twins trade Buxton, what's the point of following this team anymore? I would say uh check back in two thousand twenty four yeah, if they no. trade Buxton. So oh, Joe, what do you think? Here's what I think. Bailey over at home. How does he train? What's his dog's name? And let's talk to the over family. Here's what else I think. Here's what else I think. Joe Ryan has been a revelation. Replacing Jose Barrios, no problem. Leave it to Ryan. How does he get his hair to look like that? Is it, is it mousse? That. Is it gel? Is it some sort of hairspray How often product? does he condition? <laughs> How does he keep the mu- that mustache in such great shape? <laughs> Royce Lewis hasn't played in three years, but look how fresh he is. Look at this 300 game. <laughs> yeah. He's been spending a lot of time honing his bowling motion. Oh, he's a plus three yeah. handicap. Yep. Oh, who needs By- who needs Byron Buxton when you've got Alex Kirilov? Next, we talk to the twin slugger. Dude, oh my god. That's, uh, all, that's all I got for you. One final one here before we get to Judd's keys. Mm. Uh Pulford Skoll, our buddy on YouTube comments. What's the celebration for when you guys hit 20,000 YouTube subscribers on the Purple Daily channel? So we Coming did up. say if we hit 50,000, which was that was going to be a stretch by the end of the year, that Declan was going to brush and ride a horse, I believe. Yeah, I was looking forward by to that. By the way, we're at, we're actually about to hit 30,000 subscribers between the two channels, Purple Daily and Score North, which is pretty I think our goal was 20 by the end of the year. We're going to hit like 30. Nice. Which is pretty awesome. Very nice. So I, I think we, we might need to come up with something. I don't want to just keep putting Declan on horses, though. Yeah, I, feel I mean, like... as much as I'm all in on on Adam Page and this cowboy bleep, uh, I'm not. Oh, getting that's on a damn right, horse. Mr. Not... Mr. Cowboy bleep. Oh, not going to go near a horse. No, I don't, I don't, starting, uh, I don't know though. That horse riding through the through, riding through downtown Minneapolis that they played on the jumbotron at Target Center on on Saturday. I was kind of like, oh my god, it's going to come in the that's, arena. Oh my that's god. pretty cool. Like, I was like, if it, is it coming in? Is it actually coming in? Thank God, <laughs> I was outside. like. I was in section 105, so I was at least a whole row up from the floor. But, uh, but yeah, it was a little Jekyll scary. Crying. Yeah, just start right, crying. So here, here's the homework assignment for the listeners for next week's Feedback Friday. What are some ideas? What do you What do you want to see uh, Judd do? What do you want to see me do if we hit, let's say, if we hit 30,000 combined subscribers by the end of the year? How, how do you want us to celebrate? 
Is it a, is it three Flag Friday? Is it uh, is it Declan on two, on two on on two horses <laughs> bareback? <laughs> is there score North flag? I don't I mean, think we I've have got the wolves flag. flag. We've we got a t-shirt we can put flag. on a stick for you. T-shirt on a stick is about the best we can do. Okay. Or a stocking cap on a stick. <laughs> oh, I could use a stocking cap. I love me a good yeah. stocking cap. Give me a stocking it's, cap. It's cold here, man. It's freezing. Yeah, it's gotten cold. It, 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 it's, on. it's nipply. Heat's on in this house. Mm-hmm. See, see you guys in a, in a couple weeks. Make my return visit. Of course, plopped right in the middle of December like an idiot. Yeah. Should have come back in July, but here we are. Yep. Uh, so uh, let's get to Judd's Keys, the main event of the Friday Mackie and Judd extravaganza here. Vikings Packers week. I know Keys has been preparing here. extra get material here. Give me the keys. Damn it. I feel like you and Keys have such a contentious relationship. Well, he's drinking surly right now, which I am fine with, but I'm like, this is the one time I need you, Keys. Ten forty five in the morning. So I don't care. It's a lost no. cause. It's a lost cause. He's in a bad mood too. He's very upset. All right. Judd's Keys presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. All right. Federated is here to help business owners. Whether you're keys and you are an independent contractor, oh yeah, uh, or oh, you run yeah. your own, you know, they've got resources that can help all sorts of businesses. Find a full list of industries Federated will protect at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, here are Judd's keys to a Vikings win against the Green Bay Packers. Four of them, four keys for a win against the Packers. Start at the bottom, work our way up, as we always do. Okay. Key number four, home cooking. Just a simple key. The Vikings are two and two at U.S. Bank Stadium this season. They were three and five last year. Now, a year ago, we blamed it on the lack of fans and and like a guy like Rodgers could come in and hard count you and you would uh, jump off sides because there were no fans there. There was no home field ad- advantage. Well, fans are back now. And you've still lost to Cleveland and Dallas, and you nearly lost at home to Detroit, which I still don't get. The Packers, converse, uh, conversely, a seven-game win streak on the road against division opponents. They have not lost a wow. road game since they lost at Soldier Field on December the 6th, 2018. Wow. The Packers have been very good on the road in the north. but That's amazing. That is amazing. Yes. It's absolutely- I mean, I get that it... When you break it down, it includes the Lions. But it includes the Vikings, too. I mean, they've they've come here and won, which has been, yeah, it's very impressive. But it needs to end, and it needs to end here. Like, this is the type of game that that you should – the home field advantage here, as many Packer fans as might be at this game, should exist. And I'd like to see the Vikings – I mean, that, that was an established part of the Zim era, right? Like, this team was incredibly tough at, at home, and it got so noisy and quarterbacks would freak out. Um, that has not been the case so far. Cooper Rush beat you here. So, anyway, home cooking. Yeah, this – God, this – the more I think about this game, and we'll do, like, all of the breakdowns on Purple Props this weekend on uh, Purple Daily, but there's just a lot of signs, underlying signs that point to the Vikings in this one. The home field advantage should be as good on Sunday as it's been all season. Really, probably, I mean, because they didn't have fans last year. I would expect this to be the most aggressive home field advantage from just a crowd amped up standpoint since 2019. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. a bunch of other factors too, which will and get two into and two right now not acceptable. It's just not. 
Key number three. On the line, the defensive line, that is. The Vikings are 28th. I mean, this is incredible. The Vikings are 28th in the league against the run. They are giving up 130.6 yards per game. That's awful. Like, that is, for for a team that's built around defense or supposed to be, I could see them being, like, you know, 13th or something, right? They're 28th. Aaron Jones is out. A.J. Dillon is a big back. He's 247 pounds, and I think he is pretty good, but he's not Jones, who has traditionally given the Vikings problems. The Packers, Eddie Lacy, the Packers love the big, rumbling (laughs) back, right? You know, cheesy, right? Just a big green bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a fullback, dude. That's a neck roll. But but what's the difference between, so John Kuhn was like 240 pounds. Yeah, I know, but fullback. Why is he a fullback and Dillon's a running back? I have no idea. Okay. I have no clue about that. Is John Kuhn the most Packers Packer ever? Yes. Yes. I mean, Brett Brett Favre is up there, obviously. Chumi's up there. Mark Chumera up there. Mark Chumera. Still works there. But, yeah, John Kuhn is up there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, yes, a week ago against the Chargers, the Vikings actually held them to 82 yards on the ground, which was nice. But, I mean, this, this has to establish, I think, starting at least with that game, a pattern of you don't just get gashed, right? Like, like I'm not saying you're perfect, but 28th and without Jones playing, this is a really good game at home to assert yourself as we've improved against the run. Yes, I agree. I agree with Keys. Keys is on point. Keys on point. All right, key number two. Key number two is going to have a little bit of um, controversy is probably not the right word. Um, but I think something's brewing here. But the key is, what's the wrinkle? Zimmer ordinarily has, when he plays against the Packers, and the Vikings have been successful, and certainly against opponents, i.e. the Chargers, he has wrinkles that he throws in defensively to try and throw off uh, uh, potentially um, good offenses, or in this case, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So the question is, what I liked about last week, was was Mike was without a lot of his what he perceives to be core guys, right? Mm-hmm. Harrison Smith didn't play, Barr didn't play, Pat Pete didn't play. And he came up with a plan that was actually really pretty damn good and threw Herbert and the Chargers off. Well, Smith's back, Barr might be back, and I think Pat P's back. So if that's the case, are you going to say, okay, we're back, you know, go out there and do it? Or are you going to say, yeah, you're back, but I've got some ideas here? Because this is the one place where I think when Mike gets in the way, it actually can help sometimes because he's got good ideas. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, what's the wrinkle? And by the way, Aaron, this year, 14th in yards per attempt at 7.4 and yards per game, 242.9 and ninth in touchdowns and passer rate rating. So, like, there are some things that you can probably exploit here, but here's where the controversy comes in. I'm not convinced he plays. He hasn't practiced, and he's got a toe problem. Or if he does mm. play, I'm not convinced he finishes. You like, if he's down? truly got a toe, like, if he's truly got a toe problem, you know what? I will. You want to write that down? Um, but I'm going to write this part down, okay? Write this down. Okay. Is this, is this Judd or Keys? Because Keys would be, I feel like, in the listener category. Or is um, Keys making this who wants the credit? prediction on behalf of Judd? Did you wake up? We're still doing this. <laughs> you fell asleep. The surly. Hey, pick that surly up. 
Um, like he has some maturity issues. Maybe. Oh, he's got major maturity issues, major okay. problems. Get off Twitter, too. Uh, so it's keys in the listener category. Okay. He wants to write this down. Aaron Rodgers will not finish Sunday's game against the Vikings. Because of injury or because of blowout? Because of injury. Okay. Because of injury. that He hasn't practiced because of a toe. And, and I know I know that he didn't practice last week because of COVID and then played and didn't play well. Um, but a toe injury, like I think we think as fans, oh, it's a toe. He'll play fine. First of all, for an athlete, it's a huge deal. Second of all, the game is on uh, turf, which which is, is not the old Astro turf, but it's still not grass. Uh, I feel like we're underplaying this because because Aaron said, I'm going to play. Okay, but how well are you going to play? And it's not like football people don't lie as well. Yeah, he's also still like for a guy that's pushing forty, pretty mobile still. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a guy that can kind of can flush out and avoid pressure. So, I think up the middle pressure that he has a hard time, you know, pivoting away from on a bad toe. Up, up the middle pressure. I love where you're going. I, I don't know that. how much pressure. The only thing is, you don't want to be blitzing guys like Aaron Rodgers very often because they will torch right. you. But are you saying like, a, a gap pressure? A, maybe some, it's coming maybe from some, the a some gap. Double a gap. Pressure. Oh my god, dude. Football. Let's get it. Let's get it, Keys. I like where Keys is going here. All right. So that was key two. On to For, key one. Dude, if Jordan Love has to play against Mike Zimmer's defense in U.S. Bank Stadium, God help him. Oh, that, absolutely. That, that will not. I mean, Brett Hundley experienced some of that. Well, I'm going to back off a little bit because Cooper Rush Cooper did Rush. beat you. So I'm going to back off point. that a little that's bit. That's a valid point. Well, that was the but genius of Kellen point. Moore. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean. No, that's a valid I, point. I'm just not. I'm not convinced that a guy with a bad toe who's not practicing, who we're told is going to play, is going to play. Mm-hmm. Or certainly be as successful as he ordinarily can be and or, as Key said, finish the game. All right, key number one. It's simple as you can get, but it's the biggest key to the current Vikings team. Do not let off the gas. And I mean that on offense, Okay. The formula last week worked, and I know, I know that the conversations are well. The Packers have been watching the film, and they saw what we did with Justin Jefferson. And so, can we repeat that? The answer is you have to. The answer is you have no choice. Um, Kirk might throw a pick. Kirk might throw two picks. Jefferson might make three unbelievable catches. But you established a formula last week that was long overdue. That gives you your only real chance at true success. And and by the way sets up your run game to be far more successful than it is when everybody just knows your run game is coming. Do not let off the gas. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And I think there's a big question here about whether the Vikings turned a corner against the Chargers and there's a, a different team and Mike Zimmer has seen the light or if it was just kind of everyone got excited for a week and found Justin Jefferson. Are they gonna are they gonna use some of those same principles? But we'll find out. On Sunday, and by the way, right after the game is over, too, Vikings Ventline, the most fan-friendly interactive show in Minnesota sports. You can find us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel live and turning the show over to you guys, Vikings fans, right after that game is over. So I'm pumped. This is about as excited as I've been for a game all year, boys. That Cowboys game would have, if, if Dak would have played, I think my excitement level would have been through the roof. But this is, if Mike Zimmer can't put together an all-encompassing, cohesive plan to win this game, then everything answers itself, right? I mean, we've already kind of coined the season over 
mm-hmm. not not the season in terms like they can still make the playoffs, but um, Mike Zimmer's career as head coach of the Vikings probably hinges on this game. I would say, like, if they lose, mm, that's interesting. It's been on the brink. I don't think he gets fired if they lose. I'm saying, like, no, I, I agree with you totally. Now it's just like if there's any sort of opening for him to stick around, he's got to win games like this. You got to you got to beat the Packers at home with your yeah. with playoffs kind of on the line. I guess I guess my feeling on that right now is that I think he has to go deep into the playoffs to survive. I think he should, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is – I guess here's what I'm curious about. Can this coaching staff prove that they've learned at, at all? Because so far, for the most part, they have not shown me that they have. I think if you build off the Chargers game offensively, though, at least you'll say at least, at least it made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, if Jordan – if Jordan Love plays, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, interesting is one word. Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be a train wreck. <laughs> I'd be really be curious to see him play. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't so, want to see him play, but I'd be curious to see him play. All right, boys. Those are Judd's keys to a Vikings victory and Feedback Friday here. Uh, our inbox is always open through the Score North app, the Feedback tab. You can hit us up. That's also a good way if you want to be part of Write That Down on Wednesdays. You can send uh, send us a message through there. So, all right, Purple Daily. Don't forget Four Question Friday. Purple props coming up today and tomorrow. Judd's got the flags. Look at this. Double. It's double, a two flag Friday. Two flag Friday. Look wild at that. and wolves. You got some wolves. You got some wild. You got some wolves. <laughs> Woo. Love it. All right, see you guys, Mackie and Judd. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.